All right, Albert Subarats, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, my friend. How are you? Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Good, good. Well, what's going on in your life these days, man? You, you, you finished swimming, you got into some coaching, right? Yeah, uh, I finished swimming in 2016 after World Shore Course. And, you know, I kind of wanted to, uh, kind of wanted to step away from the sport for a little bit. I wanted to try something else just to make sure that this is what I, what I wanted to do. Um, and I moved to Miami. I, I did a, I did a, I did a, I got into corporate America. I was working at a CPA firm. I was running a marketing department there and, and, you know, doing good. It was different. It was exciting. Um, after a while, it just turned into, it was hard to be motivated after about six to eight months. I would say it wasn't, it wasn't as fun as, as the beginning because it was something new. It wasn't new anymore. Um, and I always knew that for some reason, I always knew I wanted to coach at some point. So I started coaching, kind of doing private lessons and things like that. Um, and I realized that I was, I was way happier uh, doing a lesson on a Sunday, which was my day off, than, than working on a day-to-day -day basis uh, on my regular job. Yeah. Um, so after about a year and a half, I think a year and six months, I decided to, uh, to quit that job. And I joined a club team in, in Weston in Florida. And I did that for about I did that for about three months, and after that, Sergio got the job here. So me and Sergio had a really good relationship for a while, and I gave him a call just to say congratulations and see how he was doing. And I knew he would understand Auburn, so I kind of wanted to check on him and see how everything was going. And you know, he asked me what I was up to, and you know, kind of things moved up from there. And here I am on my second season here working with him, and it's it's been an awesome been an awesome ride. I knew I was going to love it. Uh, I didn't think I was going to be as happy as I am doing, like doing things every day, just working every day. So, um, yeah, it's been better than, than expected. Yeah. It's cool when you find your calling, right? Like I, I know you probably felt like you wanted to get into the corporate sector. You, you did study that for a while too, didn't you? What was your right. master's degree in? Yeah. I did my master's degree in international business. Yeah. Yeah. So it was yeah. kind of always the plan to go into some sort of business, but then that, that calling is just in us, right. To, to right. give back to the sport mainly. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just different. Um, you know, I'm going to be plain honest with you my other job, I was, it was just about how much money I can make and what things that I can, I can accomplish. It was the, it was an ex, ex, outside motivation. It wasn't anything that was feeding me inside. Um, mm. Mm. Right now, I wake up every day and I'm really excited. I'm really motivated. No matter if it's the day before it was a 20-hour day and I just got back from traveling, I waking up at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. to coach somebody to help them uh, achieve their dreams or achieve things that they never believed they could. Uh, that's 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 magical. I'm, I feel very very lucky that I get to do what I do. Yeah, absolutely. How how did that start for you? You grew up in Venezuela. You go on to become one of the greatest swimmers in Arizona history at the University of Arizona, and then you become a three-time Olympian. Where did it all begin for you back in Venezuela? Four-time Olympian. Oh, four-time. Oh, sorry, I forgot that one. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it was actually it was. I I I, built, I look back on my career now, and I and uh and I I see you see a big tall ladder and. You know, it started when I was, I, I didn't like swimming when I started. I started swimming because I had really bad asthma growing up. 
Mm. Uh, that's kind of how I got into the sport. Uh, my whole family, my mom, my dad, uh, my brothers, they both, they all played tennis. Both my brothers went to college in the United States as tennis players, as, uh, as student athletes, uh, scholarships and everything uh, as tennis players. So I wanted to do that with them. I wanted to be part of the gang and, and play tennis with them. Uh, one, I wasn't very good at it. And two, I had really bad asthma, so I had to kind of start getting into swimming. Um, I would say about the age of nine or 10 years old, I was uh, around the Olympics in Atlanta. Um, that was a turning point for me. Um, at that time, we had a really good swimmer in Venezuela, uh, Francisco Sanchez. I'm pretty sure you, I'm pretty, I believe you raced him. I raced Francisco, yeah. He beat right. me a few times. Yeah, and he was, he was a very, very good swimmer. And, you know, he made the Olympic finals in the 50 and the 100 free. Uh, in Atlanta. And I remember just watching my parents waking up to watch him swim prelims and then staying up late to watch him race finals and just the excitement on their faces. And you know, my, both my parents are from Spain. Like, I'm, me and my brothers are the only Venezuelans in the family. Uh, but seeing them getting that excited <laughs> to me was wow. You know, I, I, one day, hopefully, I can get my parents that excited to watch me on TV do something. Um, I kind of started that way. Um, at first, you know, I wanted to make the national team. So I did that. Um, then I said, hey, I, I would love to go to world champs. And I did that. Then I wanted to go to the Olympics. And I did that. But then once you get to the Olympics, you're like, okay, this was fun. But what is, I wonder what it feels like to, you know, watch people race. I remember my first Olympics, you, you made the final in the, in 04, in the 53. So I remember watching you, I remember watching Roland, I remember watching Reich and Lyndon and Simon. And I was like, wow, I wonder what it feels like to swim at night. Uh, let's, let's try to make that happen at Worlds and, and, it, and it happened. And then wanted to make it at the Olympics and it happened in 08. And, and it just, it was just, it just kind of developed organically. Um, I look back on my career and I think I was in very grateful when I was a swimmer a lot, a lot of times. And I think uh, that's one of the things that I try to, teach a lot of the young swimmers now that it's okay to be it's okay to be ambitious and it's okay to to always want more but you have to enjoy the little moments you have to because at the end of the day the one thing that I realized and I never thought in my wildest dream it would be true is I look I'm only retired less than four years from the sport I don't remember the medals I don't remember my best times I don't remember any of that I remember the little things I remember the rides to traveling to meet with my teammates. I remember the practices, the really hard practices, the really fun practices, sitting, having a conversation with you or with uh, Augie or Romy or any of the coaches, the great, amazing coaches that I have or Frank and just talking about anything. I didn't have to do anything with swimming. Um, to me, um, that's the things that I take, to, that, 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 I, that I took with me and, and stuck with me forever. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that's one thing that I try to, to teach the kids is about, you know, enjoying the, enjoying the process as much as you feel you will enjoy the, the end result. Yeah. Well, a lot of kids listening around the world now to these podcasts and, and hopefully this one especially, you know, what would be your advice? How do you get from Venezuela to the University of Arizona? What, what was the process there for you? It was, um, at the time, there was a, an amazing coach, uh, rest in peace, uh, Coach Jack Nelson. He had a club team in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and, you know, it was kind of the, the known place for a lot of the South American swimmers to go there and, and train for a year before the Olympics. I graduated high school uh, when I was 16, so I graduated a bit young. And 
to me, it was always a dream. I always, I always wanted to come to the United States and study here and go to college. And I, I had seen the NCAA and I, and I watched George Bobel and Freddie Busquet and Auburn Legacy. And, and I've seen so many, so many great swimmers go through the NCAA system. Um, and I wanted to be part of it. Uh, I never understood to what degree, uh, how great of an opportunity that was until I actually went through it. But um, yeah, it was just one of those things where I, I always wanted to go to the States. So I graduated high school. My parents sent me to Florida just to kind of learn English, know the system, train here. And at the time, there was a really good swimmer from Venezuela in Arizona, Luis Rojas. He was a flyer. And we were teammates. We were really good friends. We were in the national team together. So he kind of helped me out. Um, as soon as I went there on my recruiting trip, I went to a couple of recruiting trips. But um, I don't know what it was. I just, it, was in, it was the only place that I got in. As, as soon as I landed, I, I fell at home. And I knew right away I wanted to be there. So my parents were able to work it out with the scholarship and, and, and the school and, and the coaches. And, you know, it wasn't – I'm not going to tell you – I would say I look back and it was, I would never change my college career. Those four years were the best, but I'm not going to say they were easy. So it took me, took me a lot of time to develop and, and to understand what, what life and swimming is about. And Frank, Frank is, I was, I was, I feel very, very blessed. I'm very lucky that I, that I fell into the team that I fell, not only the, with the teammates, but the coaching staff that I had there. Uh, They really, they have no idea how much of an impact they had in my life. I don't think to this day, I still keep in contact with all of them, but I don't think to this day they know the impact they had. And not only them, but, you know, later I worked with you. I, I, I was lucky enough to get to work with you and, and Romy and, and a lot of great coaches. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. And you've, you've sent me some messages in the past that have, that have let me know that, that you appreciate it. And that, that means the world to any coach. And, and, um, you know, I'm sure that you'll hear that from some of your athletes in the future now, you know, just giving back and it, it makes you feel good. I'm interested in one thing that you said there that uh, it wasn't easy. Um, were you offered a full scholarship from the get-go? No, I never, I was never on a full ride in Arizona. No, uh, no. If I'm so not what, mistaken, I'm, I was at seven, seven, maybe 70, 75%, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I believe I had to pay for my housing and meals. So I'm and something and some books or something. I think it was I was all probably always, always around seventy five percent. I believe no no many people. I think many maybe one guy was on a full ride. Uh, I think that's a way to you know to build a, a great program like we have. We had you know at one point we took sixteen or seventeen guys that everybody scored at NCAA's. Um, I think Fran was very good at being honest with people and telling them, hey, this is we're trying to build a team and this is what we need to do and. And you let us know if this is something that your family can do. Um, so he was, he was very, he was very good uh, and honest uh, and upfront with that. So my parents always felt like, hey, you know, this is a place where you want to be. We'll do the sacrifice for you because we know that's what you want. Um, it wasn't easy from the standpoint that um, I wasn't very mature. And, you know, I was a 17-year-old kid walking into college and in a country that I didn't know, into a town that I didn't know, into a team that I didn't know. And, and things were Things were different. Um, Did you speak oh, English? I mean, yeah. I, I, well, some people might say that I still don't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I defended myself. It, was, it, wasn't as, it wasn't as easy as it is right now to kind of navigate through things. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd say I guess the first shock that I had was, you know, I came in a little bit late because of the Athens Olympics and, 
and I was a little bit behind of school. Um, so that was hard. And then my first dual meet, I, I come from a, from a club team in Venezuela where I was the best in everything. And, and the first meet we come in and we have an A, B, C, D, E, F, G, really, and I'm not in any of them. And I'm like, oh, wow, what is this? So, you know, it took me, it took me a while to adapt. And, and I, I, I'm the first one to say I was not the best. I was not the best swimmer. I was not the most coachable swimmer. I was not the best teammate. Uh, when I walked into Arizona, uh, I like to believe that by my by the end of my senior year, I was I was lucky to be a captain, and I was I don't know if I was I was the best person coming out, but I care for every single one of the guys that I was with as as if they all were my brothers and family of mine, and I loved my coaches, and I would have run through walls for my coaches, and I I hope they know that. So what what did that look like? when you say you weren't the best teammate and it took you time to grow into that, what did it look like originally? And then how did it end? And how did that, how did your mindset change over time? Just, I would say, just, I, would, I would say it's very immature. I was just a, I was just an immature person. Um, as, as I probably guess a lot of people are when they get into college. Um, uh, I was somebody that was very ambitious, but, uh, I kind of went about it the wrong way. I was selfish, and and and, and that's that's probably the thing that changed my mind. Once I realized that swimming is such an individual sport, but college swimming, it is the only time that swimming really turns into a team sport. I want people that embrace that, and and I think once I saw that, uh, I had a great leadership on my team. Uh, you know, we had captains from Nate Stevens, uh, Dave Rollins, Simon Burnett, uh, Lyndon Ferns. We had great great captains and that really helped me understand what it was and, and it was about having a support system around you that taught you things and you know to me I was just I guess I was just someone that was I wanted to be aggressive that wanted to be confident but I was I guess I was being confident the wrong way um, and it came from an insecure place and slowly people around me coaches teammates teammates helped me realize that that's not the way you go about things and you learn you learn to be a good teammate and and like Frank always says, if I can make you a better person, the better athlete will take care of itself. And he definitely did that. It's amazing that, that those words that Frank would speak are still with you. You know, what a, Frank Bush, obviously one of the greatest coaches in, in U.S. history and then went on to be the U.S. national team director as well after Arizona. So what are some of the key things that you remember from Frank Bush and, and the things that you learned from him that maybe stick with you to this day? Uh, so many things. Uh, Frank is Frank is as a great leader, uh, motivational person. And I don't think anybody can get me as as motivated as Frank. Frank would always. I think the one thing that I, that I love about Frank is like he can talk to you about anything. Uh, I mean, I can tell you talks that we had uh, that he had with the team uh, when that's 15 years ago. I still remember them. This this one day he just he just spend the time to talk. He, he wanted to talk to us. He wanted to know about our lives. Um, he said, you know, things like, you know, guys, like last yesterday I, I left practice and this guy was behind me honking on my car and he wanted to get home, you know. Just, he would go on about little things that happened to him throughout his day and tell us, hey, you know, you don't need to be, you know, you don't need to rush, you know, being getting home 15 seconds or two minutes earlier, that's not going to make a difference. Take time with your things and you can apply that into your swimming, you know. Don't be so eager to get results right away be patient and he can he can he can give you a he can he can bring a life lesson out of basically any interaction that he has 
And not only that, but he's someone that we knew he cared, he cared about us. Uh, just, and that's, that's one of the, the, the attractive things about, uh, to me was working with Sergio, because Sergio is somebody that truly, truly cares about his swimmers. But Frank was, Frank's just, it's just a leader. Uh, I'm, three years ago, I, I had to go back for, uh, for the Hall of Fame induction and, and on my speech, I, I said to him, you know, I, I can thank you for so many things, but I think the main thing that I can thank you for is thank you for being a good person. He was just, he was just somebody that was genuinely good to us and, and cared for us and, and did everything to, to put us in the best situation, not only in swimming, but in life. Yeah. Yeah. Were you coached by Frank directly? Who was your main coach at the University of Arizona? Interesting. I was like, when I came to, when I came to college, I was originally a distance swimmer. I was oh. a 400, 200 freestyle. So my first semester, I trained with Frank. Ah. Um, so we used to, it's a funny story. I always tell, I always tell my swimmers, don't, don't think you are a certain, <laughs> a certain, a, a specific event because you never know. Um, so I came as a distance swimmer. I trained his group directly and he was, he was hard. He was, he was a, he's a tough coach, but, but very knowledgeable and, and a good, good teacher. Uh, you know, the first semester was rough, uh, you know, adapting with everything, with school, with this, uh, with the new environment, being by myself, all of that. It was hard. Uh, and we used to go to Texas Invite uh, in December and then we used to shave for that meet and try to get our cuts there. And I remember I went there and I had a horrible meet. Uh, you swim like absolute garbage. And the last day I swam a bunch of events, a time trial, another three or four events. Finally, I think Eddie Reese. The whole team was already back at the hotel having dinner and Eddie Reese came up to Frank. I was like, come on, Frank, just let this kid rest. Like, I don't think we can keep the pool open anymore. It's like, one more, one more. So they made me do the 100 fly and I got the A code by 1-100. Wow. And that day, from that day on, I moved on to, uh, I moved to the, to the spring group with Rick. And so that, the end of that year went, went all right. But then the following year, that's when, that's when I started, you know, changing. And that's when, that's the year I went, most of my practices with Augie and then I kind of share, I was shared between Augie and Rick. So a little bit of mid distance with sprint. And that was probably the, the, the year that I started coming out. And that's yeah, kind well, of how it worked out. Junior year was a big year for you, right? You end up going to NCAAs and winning the hundred butterfly and the hundred backstroke on the same day. You know, obviously a few events apart. Um, were you the first in history to do that or one of the first? I was the second. Uh, I believe there's some guy, Justin Mortimer, I believe it is, from Stanford in the 80s, he did it. Then mm -hmm. it was me, and then it was Tom Shields. And I think that's the only, the only people that have done it, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. Okay, so what, was your what were your winning times in both of those events? So my whole goal going into that meet was to break the NCAA record in the 100 fly. Ian Crocker had it at 54, uh, 44, 66, I believe. And I went 44, 57 in the 100 fly. Wow. And then right after that, I did the 100 back. And I believe the record was 44.70 by Lochte, and I went 44.72. Oh, wow. I missed it by a little bit. But I think the best race I had that day was the 200 melee relay. I, I, let, off the, I let off the 200 melee relay at 20.4, but we got DQ. Wow. Wow, that's crazy fast. So a good day. <laughs> <laughs> how did you obviously you trained for that. So how did you come about thinking that that's even possible and then and then training for it? It it's funny. It's funny cuz uh and I see it in, and I see it in a lot of, a lot of kids uh 
in the team right now. We have we have a kid that's name is Blake Manoff, and he's he's amazing, and he's you know he he has that eye. He has the eye of like people. Some people say the eye of the tiger. I say you know he has fire in his eyes. When he mm-hmm. walks into the pool, he just looks confident. He knows what he wants to do. He's he doesn't let a bad day take away confidence from him. Um, but you know, um, it just it was just one of those things. Uh, just like like I told you before, it's kind of build it up. Uh, you know, my sophomore year, I, I went. My freshman year, there were 38 swimmers in the hundred fly, and I got 37. Uh, my wow. sophomore year, I got second. Wow! And I should have won, but I just didn't take it out fast enough. I was just yeah. But at least I lost to one of my teammates. I'm good friends, uh, Lyndon Firms. So that mm. was that was good. Mm. And so after that, I just said, hey, I want to take. It was it was basically me saying I'm taking the reins of my swimming, and I'm gonna I'm gonna decide how fast I'm gonna be and. I did a lot of visualization. I had this, this couple of songs that I used to listen every night for, I'm not kidding, from August all the way to March. Uh, before I go to bed, I will listen to the song and I will picture, I will picture my race and I will picture, I will, I will even smell like the chlorine and I'll walk, my, walk myself to the blocks and I will, I will never picture a time because I didn't want to picture a time, but I, I will picture Augie, Rick, Rory and Frank celebrating. I will picture me hugging my teammates after the race and it became so automatic that I remember I remember for the first time in my life I woke up to the blocks before the 100 fly and I was like "Ah, I know what's gonna happen I know exactly what's gonna happen because I've seen it so many times and you know besides the the, the hard training I did a lot of things a lot of little things that I wanted to do on my own uh, work on my underwaters I wanted to be you know that was one of my goals I wanted to be the best underwater kicker in the world at one point I did a lot of uh um, running up and down stairs, a lot of stadiums, a lot of extra stuff that, you know, out of maybe, I don't know, immaturity or whatever it is, I, I wasn't as good at my fresh, my freshman and sophomore year. Um, you know, I finally just made that choice. And I think it's just, it's as simple as that. Not everybody can make the choice to be an Olympic champion, but anybody can make a choice to be the best they can be. And that's a choice you got to make. Wow. So you had this conversation early on in the in the season that year with your coaches to say I want to do the double, or was it later on in the season where you finally realized I, I'm, I'm I doing actually both? did the I actually did the double uh, my sophomore year. I think I got second in the hundred fly and I got fifth in the hundred back or sixth oh. in the hundred back. Okay. Um, I think it it came down, yeah. It, it just they just realized, hey, your underwaters are getting better. Let's make sure we do. Because I was a really really. <laughs> This is the this is how bad my breaststroke is. I still I think I still hold the hundred fly, hundred back, hundred free record at Arizona, and I never got to do the two I am. <laughs> That's how bad my breaststroke is. Couldn't so, just fake some fake some pullouts and and few strokes. <laughs> Those few strokes were so bad. I don't think Brian <laughs> wanted to see that. But um, yeah, my freshman my freshman and sophomore year I did one back, one fly, and uh, one free, and then I made the switch to the fifty free on my junior and senior year. And that was like, that don't end up being a good move. Um, although because of you and Caesar, never got to win it. But um, yeah, it was a better move for the team. I, I, I got a little bit more rested. And then the last day I only had to do the 400 free relay. But I know to me it was at the beginning of the season, I wanted to break the NCAA record. I know it was, I, sit, I sat down with Augie and Augie really wanted to, to think about winning the, the double. Just win the 100 back and the 100 fly. And he was very good at keeping me honest. Uh, he was somebody that, that was really, really chill in practice and kind of gave me my space and he knew I was working hard. 
but there were days where I, either either I, I I didn't have it that day or I just wasn't pushing hard enough. He he will he will be very good at, at he knew he knew which buttons to press and what to say to me to get me angry enough to get through a really hard workout and 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 get it done. He will you know he will throw things like you know you're not gonna be grieved. you think you're gonna be grievous with that or you think you're gonna be uh, Austin Stab with that or you think you're gonna be Cal Bubbles with that and you know he just kind of threw things at me and he knew he knew I was very competitive but there, he knew there were some days uh, that I would need a little extra edge so he knew he knew how to how to push those buttons yeah well that's key isn't it you need that person pushing the buttons because right. you know you're not going to be super motivated every single day but you've got to have someone there to keep you honest and and that's obviously what Augie was doing with you. So you said you wanted to be the best underwater kicker in the world. What are some of the specific things that you can tell us that you did at that time to improve your underwater dolphin kick? I believe that underwater is a skill that that's just like running. Not everybody likes to do it, but everyone can be good at it. Maybe not a hundred percent great, or maybe not a Caleb Dresser or a Joseph Schooling, but I think everybody can be very, very good at underwaters. And it's just about finding, because I think there's an underwater kick that fits each person. There is not a right or perfect way to do it for everyone. You see people that, you know, bounce up with the streamline. We see people that are very, very tight up front and kick from the, just from the core down. Some people kick more from the knees down. Um, I think just really getting to know myself and know my, know my strength. And that's something that, you know, I kind of went back to it when I, when I started working with you. Uh, you know, play play to your strength. Um, I knew I wanted to be good at it. I knew I had some some sort of, you know, when I wanted to go fast underwater, I could, I just couldn't hold it. So, you know, one thing that I did, I started coming in early to practice a couple of times a week and and working on some things and grab the guys on the team that were really good at them, like Louis, like uh, Simon, like Lyndon, and kind of pick their brain about things. Um, I was, that's always, always been very good at that. And I, that's something that I really, try to do as a coach too. Uh, every meet that I am, I don't know if I'm annoying to other coaches, but I always want to talk to like, you know, coaches that, that are so good. And I even reached out to you last year and about to pick your brain about things. I'm always, I think you can always constantly learn. I think no matter how, how long you've been in the sport, this, this sport evolves at a, such a rapid pace that you're constantly learning. There's always new things to do and new things to try. Um, but one thing that really helped me uh, underwater was I, I, really, I really thrive on challenges. So I love somebody telling me, you can do that. I love that. That just, that just makes me burn inside. And, and to me, I always used to tell Augie, okay, Augie, I want to do, you know, do you think anybody can do 2025s with ankle weights on 2025s on 20 seconds with ankle weights all underwater? I was like, no way, man. Okay, <laughs> I'll do it. So before, before February, before we start taper, I'll do it. And that was my challenge. And I'll start maybe the first month in September I could only do four but by November I was doing 12 and in December I was normally done with the challenge so you know one I remember one thing the first one that he gave me was you gotta pull a 25 underwater with two full buckets and it took me like 37 seconds it burned (laughs) my lungs more than it burned my legs (laughs) but you know to me it was he's like that's impossible there's no way you're gonna do that and I was like oh I'm gonna do it I promise you I'll do it (laughs) So I was somebody, I was very hard-headed in a, good, in a good way about that. But I took it to extremes to other things, you know, hacky sack and other stupid stuff that we did. So I wanted to be the best at everything. And you just kind of, is learning how to channel that into a healthy mindset and into things that are actually going to help you. 
did your teammates think you were crazy? You, you're coming in early or you're staying back later to do these things. You know, what are your other teammates saying at the time? Oh, some people, some people ask me, uh, some people join. Uh, one thing that I noticed uh, that, I, that, I, that I really did a lot on my own was on Tuesday, Thursdays, we, uh, we, that's, those are the days that we used to lift in Arizona. And we didn't have a morning practice, so we would lift. Normally, Tuesdays, we'll do a squats. Thursdays, we'll do bench press. And then we'll do a kick set. Normally, it was long course. So we'll get in the water, we'll do a 400, and then we'll get into a 4,000, 5,000 kick set. And those were the days that I love. I love kicking. But then after that, I will go, I grab the key and I will go to the stadium and just run stadiums for an hour, 30, 20, 25 stadiums, depending on the day. Um, you know, the first, the first year that I did, or the first year and a half that I did, it was, it was just me. Um, then I went really fast my junior year. And then, you know, I love uh, four or five of the kids started joining. And, you know, we had a group of eight or nine coming in by the end of my senior year. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think some people need uh, to push. Some people need to be pushed. Some people like to do things on their own. To me, it was more about having something that I thought it was mine. In my head, it was nobody else in the world is doing this. Nobody else in the world is, you know, is lifting, kicking, and then doing this. So this is my advantage over everybody else. Wow, that's awesome, man. I'm so glad to hear that. And such a lesson for for younger people to to take on board because that's where the growth is, right? And and like you said, it was something that was yours. It was something you owned. And you can take that to the blocks with you. And that's something that really gives you confidence standing behind the blocks, right? Right. Yeah. I mean yeah, um, it, it's it's so hard to see it out now as a coach because you, you you know you see people that, that do everything right and and then for some reason it doesn't work um, and you you know you, you hurt for them you hurt because you know the the what they put in and everything they've done um, but yeah I, I always try to be I always try to be the way I try to coach uh, you know my streamers is you know I'm gonna put a lot of pressure on you on a daily basis I want you to feel pressure and I want you to feel nervous throughout the season September all the way through February I want you to be you know I want you to get nervous. I want you to get goosebumps. I want you to have the butterflies in your stomach before a main set. Once we start resting, once you get to the meet, I'm backing off because I want you to have fun. This is a time for you. You earn this moment to just enjoy it. You mm -hmm. just get up on the blocks, pick one moment. It's your favorite moment before a race, whether it's you know, going to warm up, going to change into your suit, being behind the blocks, getting your music on whatever it is and make that moment yours and enjoy it really really enjoy it because you work really hard to get that yeah great advice were you part of the team with with frank in arizona that won the national championship yes that was my senior year that was my that's 2008 wow and that was the year that you said a lot of a lot of other people on the team decided to jump in and do a lot of the extra stuff that you were doing it's funny right. how that, that works right right you know and it's 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 just it goes that way, you know, you find somebody's eating whatever it is and, and it's working for them and assuming really fast and people like to try those. So you kind of work out the same way for, for, for lifting and, and running and extra things that we would do. Um, one of the greatest teammates that I ever had, somebody that really pushed me uh, really hard to be, to be excellent in the weight room was uh, both Dave Rollins and Ivan Barnes, uh, both press strokers. They were both monster swimmers. Um, but I was someone that, you know, my belief coming from a distance background was always, ah, you know, weights are not that important. And they were, some, they were somebody that were, 
we will, we'll, Saturdays would normally be the hardest day of practice and we'll do some dry land and we'll swim for about two and a half hours and then we'll lift about 11 a.m. until 12.30. Uh, by, the, by the end of 12.30, you are done. You, you've been in the pool, you've been awake since 7 a.m., you want to go eat something. Um, but those guys always stayed after and did pull-ups, apps, extra stuff. And, you know, I was curious about why they were doing that and they kind of brought me into the little thing and we started doing extra things together. And that's kind of how it starts, you know, and, I, and they did that for me and hopefully I did that for some of the other kids. So I think, you know, you pay it forward. That's, that's the beauty of a team. Yeah, for sure. And it's amazing that you guys were able to put it together that year. There were a lot of great teams around, weren't there? And yeah. a lot of, very, very competitive at that time. Great coaches, great teams. Is there anything else that you think separated you you guys that year that, that you knew? Uh, was there a decision made, a verbal agreement? What was going on within the team where you guys were, you know, we're going to win this this year? I think it was, it was interesting because I think we went to the mi- with the mindset that we could, we could win my sophomore year. And that's the year we lost to Auburn and we lost to you guys. And I think we, we got our score like 120 to zero in diving, but we only lost the meet by 40 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that year we were on fire. We went in with a mission thinking, let's win. Uh, let's go get it. And then my junior year, you know, it was, it was kind of like a reset year because we lost uh, Lyndon and we lost Simon. We lost Dave. We lost, you know, a lot of great swimmers and we still were able to get there. So my senior year, I remember we sat down as a, as a team and even Frank sat down and said, hey, do you, what did you guys want to, like, what, what did you guys want to accomplish? I remember that year we didn't lose, we didn't lose a single dual meet. Uh, we, we beat Stanford and Cal back to back at their home. Um, we beat uh, Texas at home. Um, we had a lot of people were, were kind of, you know, a lot of the, the, the lower freshman class was coming out, like Corey Chidwood, um, Austin, uh, Austin Thompson, um, a bunch of the really, really good Jake Tab, Joel Greenshields, a lot of those swimmers, Nicolas Nilo. Um, they're starting to kind of show a little bit uh, more signs of, uh, of, of life and, and, you know, aggressiveness in their swimming. And I remember we just sat down one day with Frank and I just said, hey, we need to stop thinking about, you know, going to win the meet. We need to each think about doing the best that we can do because the best that we can do for each other will be the best for the team. So everybody concentrate on doing their best they can do in each other's races. When we come down to realists, we fight for each other, we die for each other. And that was kind of the mindset. Hey, it's not about, it wasn't about me winning the 100 flyer because Albert wanted to win the 100 flyer. It was about me. Okay, that's 20 points for Arizona. That's this much for Arizona. That's, this is for Arizona. And I think that's, that was the difference. I think we were a little bit more relaxed. It wasn't more about, it was more about let's take it, you know, let's, let's win each, se- each session, each session. It wasn't so much about let's win the meet. Let's take it one day at a time. And you know, I think by, by the second day after prelims, it was over. Uh, it was basically, it was over. We were, I can't remember, it was 100, like either 80 or 100 points ahead, of second mm. place. Mm. Uh, and our last day was normally pretty strong. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, think I, can, I can pinpoint something specific, um, but I, yeah, to me, to my mindset was, and I told this to the coaches, and I think I said this maybe my sophomore, and I, I don't, I, to me, and that, that, we can talk about this later, because to me it was harder that a transition, swimming, swimming for a team was a lot easier than, than being a pro and swimming by myself, for myself. 
So to me, it was, okay, this is, to me, in my eyes, it's the best coaching staff in the nation that didn't have a, a national championship ring. I, I don't know how I'm going to do it, Frank, but you're going to get one before I'm done here. And I said this to him probably for three years, and I got lucky that my senior year we got to do it. But I, and I'm sure for the rest, of the, the rest of the team was the same, but for me, it was, I need, we need to win this for Frank, and we need to win this for Augie, and we need to win this for Rick, and we need to win this for Roddy because they've done so much for us. This is the least we can do for them. Mm. it's beautiful man we we had a very similar experience at Auburn but I was a, I was a freshman I walked into a team that had kind of a very similar mindset and it, it wasn't about necessarily winning an individual race or or uh, winning the championship it was just about going out there and competing for your team for competing right. for your teammates and representing something bigger than yourself and and obviously at the time, David Marsh had, had never won for us either. And, and we were going out there to, to win for him. And, and like you said, anytime we got a result, it was, okay, that's 20 points. All right, that's 17 points. All right, that's 10 points. It was all about stacking points up as quickly as we could to get the result that we wanted rather than focused on any one individual thing, you know. Right. So I, I can definitely uh, agree with you in, in terms of how to go about winning a championship. And I think that's kind of the secret that a lot of these teams are looking for sometimes is like, how do you win one? And that's certainly a formula, I think, that you can you can adhere to to, to get a championship. And, and But it's tough. You know, it's not for everybody. Right. And, and it has to be a buy-in across the board. It can't be coming from one or two athletes. It has to really be team-wide, right? Right. And it has to be organic. It has to come from them. Um, but, yeah, I think – and I think we're in a good situation here at Virginia Tech. I think, I think one thing that they know, uh, like I always say, we, who knows? I know. I believe Sergio is the greatest coach uh, that, I, that, I, that I've worked with. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if I'm the best coach or, or, or the worst coach, but they know I care. They know I care for them. They know I care about them, and I, and I want the best for them. So I think that's where it starts. And I know they, they feel the same way about, about JC and about Peyton and about Steve and and about uh, Sergio. So I think we're in, a, we're in a good spot here in that sense. And, you know, it's, like you say, it's hard and it takes time. It takes time. Uh, but when it happens, once that, one, once that ball gets rolling, uh, it happens very fast. Yeah. No, I agree. You brought up the fact that you did become a professional athlete there for a while and um, the results are harder to get once you go into that realm. What was the challenges for you coming from that team mindset into the individual mindset again? I, I, I don't even know, Brett, if I, if, I ever, if I ever enjoy swimming again the same way. Mm. Uh, Got to be honest with you. you, you I, don't, I don't think I ever got over it. Um, you know, coming back from Beijing Olympics, um, I didn't have the result that I wanted there. Um, it wasn't a bad one. Now looking back on it, it was my best result in the Olympics. Uh, but just coming back, I remember coming back and just not being part of the team anymore. And, you know, nothing, not, nothing against the coaches. It's just not the same. And you can feel that it's not the same and you're not part of that anymore. And it was tough. It was, it was very, very tough. And I had to deal with a lot of personal stuff. And middle of the semester, I had to go home um, to see my dad and to see my parents because I, I was having a really hard time. I wasn't sure if I wanted to swim anymore. And... Now, swimming was my life. Swimming was my identity at that time. And so, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was very difficult. Um, 
but you know, it's like, it's like life. You go through things that you learn, you grow, you make a lot of mistakes. You try again, you probably make a couple more mistakes and then you try one more time and you kind of get it right. And, and, and that's, that's kind of how, it's kind of how I went. It was just a lot of ups and downs. Um, but it, I, it was me getting in my own way to us to a degree because um, I was putting it all in the end result rather than the process. And, you know, I'm glad I went through it. I wouldn't, I don't think I would change anything about it because I learned so much and, and I know myself so much better now that I went through all of that, that I feel like I can, I can help a lot of the, the swimmers that I, that I talk to right now that I see every day into how to navigate through through different situations because somebody and you and you probably went through this too you you had a long career uh it's hard to have a career where it's always going up you're gonna have ups downs middles and and downs and belows so i think going through that you you get to see the the entire the entire spectrum of the sport and and at the moment you see it as everything is ugly but 10 years from you know 10 years from now, looking back and say, that was probably the most beautiful time I had in my life. And I didn't know it. I was so happy and I didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. Life goes quick, man. And you just got to enjoy every moment that you're in. Right. But right. You, you're going to have experiences that are easier and, and feel good and, and ones that are tough and you're going to have all those, you know, they're all part of right. life. But what do you say now to those athletes that you see on your team and around you, that aren't maximizing their opportunities the way you did, you know, you came in and just, you know, you took the scholarship they offered you and, and you grew every year and you found ways to get better. You did the extra work. Are you, do you get frustrated when you see other kids not making the most of those opportunities? Yeah, I think, and I think I'm still like very young. I'm very new to coaching. So Sergio has helped me a lot on, on that and, you know, it's really not getting so mad and so frustrated and, you know, because, you know, I want to shake them up because, but it's, it comes from a place because I care because I want it. I don't want them to have any regrets. Um, but what I say to them is that, hey, you know, you have this opportunity and, one thing that, I, that Rick Demon always told us is don't sacrifice the gift. You have a gift that, that's going to last for a specific amount of time. And you better make the most out of it. If not, you, you don't want to ever walk, back, walk away from this thinking, what if or I should have or I, I, what could I have accomplished? Or, um, so I, I try to tell him, you know, and, and share through stories and through things and, and understand that you know, swimming is meant to be not your entire life, but for the moment, something that you can that you can grow with, that you can develop, and that you can be the best you can be. It will not be your identity. It will be over at some point, and you will walk into a different part of your life that will be hopefully more beautiful and, and more successful. But you always want to look back to to the time that you you did this and and smile. You know, you always want to look back on it and and say, hey, you know, I, I got something out of it, and and I have, whether it is, you know, a lot of people now, I think there's a misconception of what's, what success is, and to me, success was an Olympic medal, and, and I, I didn't even get anywhere close to that, um, and, and, and when I retired, I, I, for, a, for a while, I felt like a failure, you know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't do what I was set out to do, but I look back on it now, and I, nobody hits 100%, but 
I would say I was honest with my effort every day. Uh, I tried my best as hard as I could to put myself in a situation where I could be the best I could be. I try to help people around me to be the best they could be. And I made a lot of good friends in swimming. Um, and to me, that's success. Uh, it's not about a medal or a time or anything else. Um, I can walk away at peace and I can feel that, you know, I have a lot of good friends from this. And I got a lot of great experiences from this. I got a lot of great laughs and tears from this. A lot of life lessons. Um, and I did my best. I did everything that I could. There are little things and little moments that I, would have, I wish I could change. Yes, but at the same time, no, because then the other ones wouldn't mean as much. You know, if you could change the, the bad ones, the, the good ones wouldn't mean as much. So in that sense, I'm, I'm grateful for, for everything that life has thrown at me so far. That's it, man. Beautiful way to say it and, and summarize it. I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, and I hope kids are listening because... That's it, man. Just give your best and then look back with no regrets. And I, and I can certainly say you did that, you know, coming from where you came from, a country that is, is obviously struggling right now, yeah. you know, and just on that, you know, how do you feel about seeing your home country, Venezuela? I mean, you're very passionate and prideful and it's obviously a country that's been struggling for a couple of years now. What, what's exactly going on back home? It's sad. It's, it's a problem of, of uh, culture i believe it's uh you know it's, it's hard for me to a lot of speak on it because i haven't constantly lived in venezuela since 2003 um i love the people there. i think the people there have the kindest hearts uh that you will find um but yeah i think it's a matter of uh culture i think it's a matter of um always being being brought up in a society where always find shortcuts to to be successful rather than you know there's never been embraced the aspect of, okay, if you work hard for this long period of time, you, you will get something. It's more like, how can I cut around that or find an easier way to get what I want? And I finally caught up to us. And it, it, it is sad, but it's, it's the reason why in the situation we are. And we, we have somebody that shows up and says things should be easier and he will make everything easy and people buy into that. And, and suddenly we we are well in the situation that we are 20 years going into a complete recession where it's just, it's just crazy. Uh, criminality and over 6 million people have left the country to go somewhere else. And yeah, it's just, it's just very unfortunate and very sad. Um, it's one of the reasons I don't like politics. <laughs> yeah. Ne never want to be a politician, huh? No. Well, you know, you may not want to, but it sounds like a country could use somebody that cares. It sounds like the, you know, that um, somebody that loves to give back and loves, you know, you're a people person and, and you, you want the best for everybody. So certainly know that your country could use you in any capacity for sure. But right now you're in the, you're in the capacity of giving back to the sport that gave you so much at, at Virginia Tech and working with one of the greatest coaches of all time, I think, Sergio Lopez. I think you're in the right spot doing the right things and very happy for you, man. I always loved working with you and you always yeah, gave Thank me an, an honest effort and you always gave me your heart and, and I appreciated that very much. And so I'm really happy to see you in the coaching capacity. Um, excited for you, man, and, and looking forward to this season. Hope you guys get amazing results, okay? Thank you. Hope so too.
Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show and uh, hopefully we can catch up maybe, uh, or just quickly before you go, who, who's going to win the hundred butterfly at the Olympics? Who's, who's the favorite for you? You think? Who's the favorite for me? I got a pool for my boy, Joe, Joseph schooling. Oh, that's right. Joseph schooling's back with you guys, right? Yes. He's training here. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, I think if he gives himself a shot and, and, you know, he's, he gets to the final. Uh, he's be, he'll be someone uh, that'll be hard. I mean, it's 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 hard to talk uh, to talk about Caleb because Caleb is an amazing swimmer and, and he's been dominating for a while. But hey, he's you know Joseph's a uh, former current Olympic champion. It's hard to beat that. Is he in the shape that he needs to be in yet, or is he getting that way? He's better. I know he came in December and he was good. Uh, he just came back now and he's much better. Uh, so. Yeah, I think he still has he still has time. Uh, thing is, he has such a such a feel for the water and such a such a natural feel for the water, and it's it's, it's unbelievable the things that he can do. Uh, now he has to be more consistent about keeping those on a day to day basis. But you know, he's he he's the hundred fly that I saw. And I I gotta be fair to Caleb. I didn't see Caleb uh, forty nine five live, but I was in Rio when. Joseph won the hundred fly and that was, yeah, I could close my eyes and I could, I remember closing my eyes and hearing the rhythm of his kick and his, and his stroke. And it, it was amazing. But yeah, it will be, I, I would love, I would love to see those two go head to head next to each other in the hundred fly. That would be nice. Well, it's going to be a pretty incredible race. Two former teammates at balls right. and, and friends and uh, now competing for olympic gold you know it's pretty it's gonna be an amazing race and he's in the right place man he's got he's got you and sergio in his corner so uh no no two better people to help him out there so well, good Thanks. luck with it man and um Thanks. we'll talk good to you soon man. all right yeah talk to you soon take it easy all right see you buddy see ya